morning, everybody. I trust you are well and welcome, warmly welcome to episode seven of a coronavirus retreat. Now, a few days ago, we were talking about lament and uh, it reminded me when I was doing that podcast of a retreat which we did Oh, a couple of years ago now in the Salvation Army called Let's Rebuild Together. And we spent the period of Lent basically praying through the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem a la the story of Nehemiah. And one of the activities that was part of that retreat was the idea of lament. And uh, I wrote an activity which asked people to sit on the floor because essentially that's what you did in, uh, in Nehemiah's time if you were lamenting is you would sit on the floor. And uh, there was also kind of sackcloth and ashes involved, but I decided risk assessments might be more complicated with such things. But sitting on the floor is eminently possible. And it's a really good picture, isn't it? Because sitting on the floor is a way of just saying, this is how things are. I'm going to stop and I'm going to sit. I think the exercise involved writing phrases of lament, things that we're sad about, things we're sorry about, things that break our hearts, things that are painful and just laying them around on the floor and sitting in the midst of them as a way of saying, God, this is, this is difficult. Wherever you are at the moment, whatever it feels like on the lockdown at the moment, there are probably things that are difficult. I mean, interesting. Are they the things you expected to be difficult or is it, are you surprised by what's difficult? But there will be things that are difficult. That is life. But how do we get up from the floor of lament. Now, I want to add a little caution here because when we get up from lament, we quite often get up with a bit of a kind of a self-bashing. Oh, for goodness sake. What's what's the point of sitting around here? Come on, let's just get, I need to get on with it. I'm I'm doing nobody no good moping around. Uh, That's not the right way to get up from lament because it dismisses the lamenting you've been doing, doesn't it? It basically says the lamenting I've been doing is without value and I shouldn't have really have been doing it and I should just have been getting on with life. The, the lament you have been doing, those moments that you sit there, maybe not on the floor, maybe you have sat on the floor by now, but if wherever you've found yourself going, this is really hard, those moments are utterly valid. In fact, they're very important. They are, lament is one of the processes which helps one of the, prayer processes which helps bring the world to wholeness so you need to lament that's important how you get up from it is important because it's not a getting up that says enough of this now I'm, I'm I'm just being silly I just need to get on with it the getting up says this is all still true but there is also a way forward and I'm going to get up in order to walk forward and the getting up is connected to one of the biggest dilemmas, theological dilemmas about prayer. And uh, that's kind of what I want to try and talk about in a very few minutes this morning. So hang on to your hats. It might fry your brains. Um, Imagine a line, a spectrum, uh, and at one end of it is this whole idea of God being absolutely and utterly in control. And then at the other end of it is the idea that we are essentially in control, human agency, we call it. So we get to choose and shape the world according to what we do and what we want and what we think. The other end of the spectrum is God is basically doing all the shaping and all the stuff. And we are 
uh, sort of going along for the ride, really. Now, immediately, you're going to tell me both of those are not right. And I would agree with you there. But it is really important to understand what both of those ends of the spectrum mean when it comes to prayer. So first of all, let's start with the the end of the spectrum, which is we've got human agency. So basically, um, the way the world is going to go depends on us. So God is there, but he's given it to us. He's He's given us the, he said to Adam and Eve, uh, go and be fruitful and multiply. And uh, he gave command and possession of and agency over creation to mankind. So it's up to us uh, what we do, what we choose. God is there. It's not an atheist view. God is there. But basically God's action depends on the ferventness of our action and our prayer. So if we pray hard enough, God will eventually go, oh, all right, then I'll intervene. Uh, Or if there are enough of us praying or if we work hard enough or if we do enough stuff or if we make the right decisions or God's action depends on our uh, actions. That's one end of the spectrum. The other end of the spectrum is that God doesn't particularly mind what we do at all. God is going to do his thing anyway, regardless. Uh, So, for instance, um, uh, this is always a controversial one, but you'll probably get you'll get you'll get it if I use this example. I am not making a political point, everybody, just to say. But it comes up at elections, doesn't it? Um, So essentially we pray and we do our thing and we vote and so on and so forth. And the answer to our prayers is the person that comes into power. So if a person comes into power as a result of our praying and our uh, and and our seeking God, that is God's answer to our prayers, because ultimately every ruler must be picked by God. Everything, uh, every uh, the direction the world takes is set by God, is being controlled by God. Uh, But what it does is it puts us in a position whereby we then have to say somehow what is happening is the answer to the prayers that I've prayed. Uh, So we use a hefty old crowbar to say, yes, 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 absolutely. This thing that is happening is the answer. It must be the answer because it's what's happened. It's what God has allowed to happen. Therefore, it must be the answer. And it's a tricky one on a bad day that, let me tell you, because uh, and I do I, I, we we can do this you know we look at the whole day and we say I fell down a flight of stairs I had a row with my spouse I you know five bad things happened to me today but but because I prayed I have to say that those are the things that God wanted to happen to me because God is ultimately in control and therefore those those were his will for me and I now need to crowbar my heart into accepting that those were okay uh no, I don't think that's right either. So somewhere on our line, there must be a middle point, mustn't there? Oh, it's oh, by the way, let me say both ends of the line also lead to prayerlessness, because if you believe in hu- human agency as being the ultimate thing, that God only intervenes when we've worked hard enough and prayed hard enough. Well, in that case, we might kind of as well not bother really praying. You know, let's just do it all ourselves. Other end of the spectrum, if you believe that God is ultimately in control and that what God is going to do, God is going to do. Well, then why pray? Why pray at all? If God is ultimately the one that's going to determine, it's called fatalism. If if it's going to happen anyway, what's the point in me trying to change it or impact it in any way? So uh, but there is a middle point along that line. 
And it's the place, because both are true, of course, it's the place where we know that God is in control. And we also do have agency to help bring in the kingdom, to help uh, take this life forward in a good way for ourselves and for others. And I think at the moment, why am I talking about this today? Partly because at the moment it feels massively like we're in the pincer of this contradiction, doesn't it? We are out of control in a profound way. We are out of control. We're not even in control at the moment of where we go and what we do. That is a stunning thing to live. Um, But we are also strangely more in control than ever because we've got time. We are not, uh, our days are often ruled, aren't they, by the things that we have responsibility to do. So taking the kids to school, going to work, doing what the boss wants of us, uh, all those sorts of things shape our days, control our days, lead our days through. And suddenly we've been given our days. We've been given all of them and absolute control over all of them pretty much for the most part, unless you're still working, in which case uh, you're not you're not quite in that situation. But, uh, you know, even those of us who are still working, there's a, I think, in a lot of our lives, a lot more agency than we often have. So how do we cope with this being in control and not being in control in, sorry, being in control and not being in control all at the same time? Well, I want to give you two prayer questions as a way of thinking about this and seeking God about this and For me, they're questions I ask myself regularly throughout the day, or I try to, I quite often forget, because they help me to stay in the middle of that line. They help me to know that God is in control, that that God does have a will and a purpose, and those will that 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 will and purpose are both loving. But they also help me to know that I have a part to play, that I have a calling, that there are things uh, that I do that that I do have agency in and things that will change based on what I do and how I act and how I pray. So my two questions are these. God, what are you doing? Right now, in this thing, in this moment, what are you doing? That can be something as big as coronavirus or it can be something as tiny as um, I'm feeling really stressed because I've just dropped the lid of my Tupperware pot on the floor. (laughs) That's about as kind of basic level as I can get with my angst, you know. Uh, in, In both of those situations, God, what are you doing at the moment? Let me just stop from my own activity, my own agency, my own trying to make it all happen, my own whatever it is. God, what are you doing? Help me see what you are doing. Second question, what is mine to do? What is mine to do? Now, if I tend to either end of the spectrum, it is to the human agency end of the spectrum. I am very definitely somebody who believes that, well, I try not to, but I'm prone to believing that God is only going to act and things are only going to shift and God is only going to intervene when we've shown up and done plenty of work and praying. And I have to be careful of that because it's not true. And so, The question, what is mine to do, is really helpful for me because what it says is God is doing something. I've already established that because I've asked God what God is doing. But it also, then it helps me to say, God, help me see what is mine to do. Not everything. It's not mine to do everything. It's not mine to save the world. It's not mine to make everything happen that I think needs to happen. It's not mine 
to control everything, to <laughs> much as I might like to sometimes, to run the world. Uh, it's not mine to do that. What is it mine to do? And when God, when I know what God is doing and I see what God is doing and I do the bit that is mine to do, then I stay in that balance of knowing that God is in control and knowing what my part in all of this is. And I give you those questions as a prayer practice for the coming days. God, what are you doing? What is mine to do? And as we ask those questions and they're prayers as well, aren't they? They're kind of God, you do your thing and help me to do my thing. And when we know God's thing and we know our thing, then there is a balance and an ease that comes in. And it's the the light yoke. You know, Jesus said, uh, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I hope that is helpful to you in the coming days. And I shall be back in another few days with another part of the coronavirus retreat. <laughs>